everyone. Welcome back inside Centura Health Training Center for another episode of Broncos Now. As always, I'm your host, Sydney Jones. And coming up on today's episode, the Broncos 53-man roster is set. We'll take a look at the team's transactions and hear from head coach Sean Payton and general manager George Payton. All that and more coming up. As the Broncos trimmed down their roster to 53 players this afternoon, head coach Sean Payton and general manager George Payton detailed where the team stands now. So we're kind of right in the thick of the roster being shaped, and uh, I'm not going to go through every player here. We're, you'll, you'll see in the next probably 10 days, there's still a lot of shuffling with teams, and ours will be one of those teams. A busy day, obviously, always busy this time of year. Um, don't love this time of year. It's hard, um, but you know it is what it is. And, and uh, cut a lot of good players. We feel like uh, we'll get some of them back on practice squad. Feel like a lot of these guys will get jobs at other places as well. Um, but we feel you know feel good about our 53. Like Sean said, it's it's fluid. You know, especially fluid next 24 hours. You know, as we get through this week and and we get through that wire. You know, I think 1,400 or something players on that wire that will sift through tonight. And looking at some of the transactions the Broncos made today, the team traded Albert Okwemenom and a 2025 seventh round pick to the Eagles for a 2025 sixth round pick. The tight end room now features Adam Troutman, Chris Manhurts, Greg Dulcich, and Nate Adkins. Both head coach Sean Payton and general manager George Payton discussed the trade today and what they like about Nate Adkins. Basically a pick flop in, in 25. We get six from the Eagles, they get our seventh. Pretty pretty, um, pretty ordinary at this time of the process. Teams like Philly maybe that aren't in a claiming position that um, they would be able to get the player, um, they go ahead and make a trade for the player. Yeah, Atkins, I mean, Sean just spoke about it, the versatility, the toughness, the smarts. He's a football player. He's a guy we had targeted throughout the process, just like Jaleel. Um, we, were, we almost drafted him, um, just didn't fall. We didn't have a lot of picks, but we were really fortunate to get him uh, as an undrafted free agent. He's been everything we thought, and we had him in on a top 30. Uh, love the visit. I mean, he's got a great mind. Um, he can do a lot of different things. He's a coach's dream just because he can do so many different things, play special teams as well. The Broncos also traded for Saints kicker Will Lutz. The team traded a 2024 seventh round pick and head coach Sean Payton detailed what he likes about him and his game. I think he'll fit in fine. At the beginning of the whole process, he was a target for us. We knew they had two players. Um, meanwhile, our guy was doing well. Um, you know, I was there through the whole beginning with Will and then, you know, he went through a core muscle injury, much like Riley's going through right now. Um, obviously his numbers dropped off a little bit. Um, you know, we had a really good training camp for them. We, we've seen all of his kicks um, and got pretty good information on how his practices went. Um, so a lot of it was, you know, a young player who, you know, we think is extremely talented. And look, this is a place kickers want to be with the altitude and the conditions. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited about that. And as some of you may know, the Broncos have a long history here of undrafted rookies making the initial 53-man roster. And this year is no different. For the 19th time in the past 20 years, college free agent has made the roster. And this year, four have. Running back Jaleel McLaughlin, tackle Alex Palcheski, tight end Nate Adkins, and outside linebacker Thomas Incombe. Head coach Sean Payton details what he likes about that group. 
if you just look at the landscape of our league, whether they're free agents or late round picks, um, you know, getting them here is one thing, and then going by what you see is the other. And and so, um, I think it's important for your team where the best players are are getting to the roster, regardless of how they got here. And and that's, um, I don't know any other way to do it. And I think if you start trying to get around it, and and start. Um, looking at players differently based on how they were acquired, then, then I think right away you go down the wrong path. And General Manager George Payton spoke specifically about running back Jaleel McLaughlin in his performance the past few weeks. You know, you start recruiting these guys early in the process, and, and um, you know, especially the guys that aren't going to get drafted. And, and it's part of the you know, interview process. And, and so um, we thought he was a good player. You know, didn't quite know what we're getting. You never know with these free agents, you know, what you're quite getting. Um, went to two schools, uh, obviously, and, and uh, the tape was good. But we've had a lot of those guys over the years when they come in here. But he kept, he passed every test. I mean, from the minute, you know, he showed up rookie minicamp, you know, wasn't too big. And then, you know, he's working out with the, the big boys on the varsity, wasn't too big. And then, you know, you're, and then we get the pads on. You know, he makes plays every day. Um, so... Uh, we're really not surprised. You know, we were all looking forward to the first game to see what he could do, and he made plays every game. We also heard head coach Sean Payton and general manager George Payton talk about working together throughout this process. His coaching staff, it's easy to evaluate for him. It's, it's easy for scouts because they have, a, they have a vision, a clear vision on what they want at every position. And so from the day that Sean arrived, you know, we talked about every position. Once he got the staff, we had the scouts. So we, we visit every day. Every day during training camp, we meet. We talk with the coaches. I think it's really important for our scouts to sit in coaches' meetings. Um, you know, if we don't know what they want, we can't build it. And we can't know, you know, we don't know what to look for. And so it's really important we're experts on everything. And Sean is, is so open, um, such a great communicator, as all the coaches. So it's, it's, it's pretty clear what we're looking for. Now joining me here inside the Broncos podcast studio is Broncos lead writer Eric Dalala and fellow team reporter Phil Milani. Guys, we had to get the whole crew together because it's a big day. F- initial 53-man roster is set. Yeah. You get Phil in here, you know it's serious. I know, it's true. <laughs> Keyword there, initial 53, said. Exactly. Initial. Well, guys, there was a few trades today, so let's start with that. Start off with the Albert Okuebunam one. I feel like a lot of our fans were maybe a little bit surprised by that, given you know his last preseason game in the past few weeks of camp there. Yeah, he, uh, he had a strong final showing, obviously, but I think the Broncos like who they have at tight end there with Adam Troutman, Greg Dulcich, Chris Manhurts, Nate Adkins, and... Um, I think Alberto's skill set maybe was just a little too similar to Greg Dulcich's. And so you're able to get some value for him instead of just having to let him go. It, it seemed initially like he was going to be waived and they end up uh, right. getting a, a late round pick back. So good for the Broncos for finding some value there and for Alberto to get a new opportunity. Yeah, And you heard George Payton. I think he said Nate Atkins is a coach's dream just with uh, mm-hmm. everything that he's able to do out there. And I think uh, the other thing he mentioned was special teams. And uh, those are some of the things where Alberto, his game ha- hasn't developed in those areas like maybe the Broncos had hoped that they would. And, uh, you know, you wish uh, Alberto the best, a fresh start somewhere else. And we knew that he could do what he did Saturday night. You know, right. he's capable of going out there, ca- catching a bunch of passes, 100-plus yards receiving. Uh, but the Broncos, that's not the style of football it seems like they want to play. They w- they got some big guys this offseason, and uh, that carried over into – the tight end room too. And they, they need their tight ends to be able to block. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Alberto, uh, they didn't feel like his game was there uh, at that point. They didn't want to pin him 
right versus Nate Atkins, but it sort of feels like it came down to those two, and uh, uh, they thought maybe Nate's versatility was a little bit more. Well, then the Broncos also traded for Saints kicker Will Lutz and, of course, then cut Brett Maher. So nice little reunion there for Sean Payton and Will Lutz there. Yeah, young guy, still a very good kicker, dealt with an injury a couple of years ago, and it wasn't quite the same guy last year, but I think there's still hope that he can be a really productive kicker, um, has been good kind of in those long-range kicks, maybe where he's, he struggled a little bit there last year, but I think the hope is he can get back to to making those those 45-plus yard kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and listen, they were kind of looking at both kickers down there in New Orleans as well as three or four other teams. Uh, Will Lutz ended up being the guy they go with, and it wasn't anything against Brett Maher, but I think they found an option that they liked a little bit more, trusted a little bit more. And, um, you know, Maher, I think, had a good end to camp, but there are definitely some shaky moments. Yeah. And so to find a guy that you, you trust in at the kicker position, that's important. And uh, we heard Sean Payton say that Will Lutz has made some big-time kicks, game-winning kicks. That's, uh, I think, going to be important for this team to have somebody they can trust. I'm starting to think that Sean Payton likes former Saints. You know, I'm starting <laughs> to think that. You're just now starting to I'm think just, that? I'm picking up on it now. Uh, but, yeah, he had a lot of good things to say about Will Lutz. Look, the kicker position, that's kind of a, a spot where you really need them to just be able to execute at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. and you just expect them to go out there and do it. And so if you have a guy who you can rely upon, uh, clearly Sean Payton with Lutz is this way, just go out there and make the kick. We need you to do it. Just do it. Uh, that comfortableness and and the uh, uh, assurance that he feels like Lutz is going to give him, I think, is, is super valuable. And George Payton even said today that uh, he thinks that Brett Maher is a kicker in the NFL. You know, he thought that right. uh, he hopes he, he lands on his feet somewhere else. But, uh, yeah, the Broncos felt like the opportunity to bring in a guy like Lutz uh, was too good to pass up. Yep. Well, you guys know the Broncos have a long tradition here of rookie free agents making the initial 53-man roster. And this year, the team has set a record with four undrafted rookies making this roster, running back Julio McLaughlin, tackle Alex Palcheski, uh, tight end Nate Adkins, and then outside linebacker uh, Thomas Incum. Yeah, uh, the Broncos have long had a tradition of undrafted guys and mm-hmm. not going to stop this year. Um, I think Jaleel, obviously, is a guy that stands out to most right. people just because he was such a productive college player. Maybe his size prevented him from being drafted. Yeah. And then comes here and makes an impact pretty immediately. I think it was pretty clear from the early stages of training camp this was going to be a guy that could make this football team. Sean Payton said when they went out to San Francisco and he had a good game there, he knew either he was making the Broncos 53 or he was making somebody else's 53. Yeah. And then he just kept playing consistently, having good practices, had another good showing against the Rams. Uh, and a, a really easy guy to root for. Uh, nice guy, obviously has a tremendous background, tremendous story. And so for him to uh, make this 53, uh, you just feel really good for him. Yeah, yeah. What, a, what a good kid. I mean, mm-hmm. just uh, the few times that we've had a chance to talk to him, you really feel his personality come across. And, yeah, it dealt with some housing insecurity there. And, uh, you know, for him to come in and do it consistently, I, I agree, Eric. That was a big thing. Is It wasn't just a flash where he had one good game. It was like every single week mm-hmm. he was producing. I uh, did it again against the Rams where found the end zone. I think that he led the NFL with four touchdowns during the preseason. So to be able to come in like that and produce that way uh, says a lot about him. George Payton even mentioned that, look, we saw him every time the stage got a little bit bigger from rookie mini camp to, you know, the off season program to when the pads came on in training camp, it was never too big for him. And so I think that that's a big thing is that the moment was never too big. So you can trust him come Sunday. Hey, you're playing against the Raiders. 
put him out there and you, you can trust him to make something happen. And it, it yeah. almost felt like when Philip Lindsay made the team, you know, yeah. easy yeah. guy to root for and has that intensity, that speed. And Philip Lindsay, similarly to Jaleel, it felt like before you got to the third preseason game, like he'd already made the team. I mean, Jaleel, yeah. wasn't, out, Jaleel wasn't out there in the final moments of this preseason game, kind right. of battling for his spot. He played early, mm-hmm. scored a touchdown, and then they, they kind of got him out of there. It was the same way with, with Philip Lindsay uh, back in 2018, right? And so, hey, if he's able to have anywhere close to the impact that Philip Lindsay did his rookie season, Broncos have just gotten a steal. Yeah, yeah. a thousand yards, right, for Philip Lindsay there. Mm-hmm. Seems like maybe McLaughlin even could break more tackles than yeah. Philip Lindsay. I mean, Philip Lindsay had the speed, obviously, but mm-hmm. seems like maybe there's even a little bit more to uh, McLaughlin's game. So, yeah, uh, yeah promising uh, start to his career. Definitely excited for those four guys. You know, General Manager George Payne, he also gave an update today on Jerry Judy and Baron Browning. He said that Jerry Judy will not be going on short-term, short-term IR, and then, as expected, Baron Browning will be staying on the PUP list, so he'll be out for for, you know, at least four games, but, you know, interesting to hear there, a little update on Jerry. Yeah, good good news, good right, news, that yeah. uh, Jerry can be back earlier than week five. Um, otherwise, you would have been missing him for these four, these first four games, including that game in Miami week three, mm-hmm. on the road in Chicago in week four. Um, we still haven't really heard a definitive timetable one way or another. Is he going to be available for week one? He was at right. practice today, but not practicing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the sooner you can get Jerry Judy back, the better, and so... The fact that he's not going to go on short-term IR suggests there's at least a chance he can come back earlier. It doesn't mean it's for sure going to happen, but um, I, I think they realize how valuable he is to this team, and if there's a chance you can get him back even a game or so uh, sooner, sooner than thought, mm-hmm. you got to take that chance. Yeah, I feel like if it's definitely longer than four games, you put him on, but if not, you need him, Like even if it's just one game, because uh, he's just such a dynamic playmaker. And yeah. the way he left the field at practice that day he got hurt, so it looked like it was really bad. I mean, uh, he could like barely get into the cart, needed help getting into a building. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's been reported uh, many places. And uh, I think just to see him walking around and, and moving the way he was, uh, is encouraging. Now, obviously, walking around is much different than exploding off the line of scrimmage the way a wide receiver needs to. Yeah. But uh, it definitely encouraging that he wasn't like uh, able, he's uh, able to at least walk around. So, right. uh, definitely good news there. And then uh, with Baron Browning, George Payton said that uh, he's uh, advancing well and mm-hmm. uh, they're encouraged about what he might be able to do w- uh, during his rehab here as the Broncos head into the season. If uh, Browning could come back, uh, uh, that would just be really an encouraging sign for the defense overall. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't get the sense that Browning was necessarily necessarily like week five week and five. he's definitely yeah. back. Yeah. George Payton kind of made it seem like he, well, he is coming along nicely. There's no immediate um, yeah, it sign that seem he's like going to be back. My understanding with PUP is that once you get to that four-week window, then you have five more weeks to decide, do we want to activate the practice window? So mm-hmm. um, should get some sort of answer mid-season on Baron Browning. And uh, obviously, you're right, if, if he comes back mid-season, that's a big boost to this rushing core. Yeah. The Broncos have some interesting decisions there where how, how do they get some of these guys on the field? Yeah. How's the defense going to look? I mean, Drew Sanders is a, one of those guys where you're like, how's he going to fit? Because really talented player, how's he going to fit? How, how are they going to utilize his skill set? Baron Browning is similarly, if he's healthy and able to play, how are they going to utilize him? How are they going to get him on the field? Because we've seen him play, make plays in the past when he is out there. So uh, never a bad thing to have good players, but it'll be interesting to see how they utilize these guys. 
Definitely. And George Payton did say that three players on the 53-man roster will be going on short-term IR. You know, didn't indicate who. So you guys have any ideas there? <laughs> I don't know. Hard to, hard to guess exactly, but we have seen – I mean, Kwan Williams is a guy, yeah. right, that you figure would be among those players just because he doesn't go on long-term mm -hmm. IR. Sean Payton said there isn't anybody really in that group that would go on season-ending IR. So, you know, you talk about a Kwan, obviously, a Riley Moss. We'll have to see if he's one of those guys, but he's been off to the side. P.J. Locke's been off to the side, but hard to really uh, – there's some roster mechanics here too, right, where you can yeah. only use – you can only bring eight guys back during the season. So if you feel like – hey, Riley Moss is going to be back sooner rather than later, and you know you want him to play this year, or well, maybe you don't burn an IR spot when he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. And so um, that's all part of kind of the, the mechanics here in figuring out what do you use various spots for, who do you put on short-term IR, and who do you just kind of let maybe miss a couple of games. Mm -hmm. I think that more so than years past, they really made it a point of emphasis to say, look, we're going to be working this waiver wire right. big time coming up here. Like, uh, I think that Champagne said they're going to be here till 2 a.m. George joked that maybe it's going to be 5 a.m. <laughs> uh, you know, they're going to have to get some work done here. And uh, that maybe is true when you're a team like the Broncos, you know, where uh, you've got a new head coach. You're trying to build uh, around the scheme and the vision that he has. You're going to want to get players that can fit that. And uh, maybe more so than years past, it, the, it was a made clear like, hey, this is the initial 53. Right. We're still working on this thing. And I believe Champagne said even the next 10 days, uh, it's it's sort of going to be like this fluid uh, sort of situation with the roster. So mm -hmm. uh, it should be interesting when he's leaving the building and Eric is still here, you know, if that's right. comfortable. or, or Eric how never leaves. Be. Well, yeah, if it's at five, maybe I'll have been gone. But certainly if it's two, I'll still You'll be, be here. here. Yeah. <laughs> And what kind of things are you work, you're working on? Just well, you got to be ready roster. for anything with the roster. Studying the roster, yeah. That's true. That's nice. <laughs> I'll be patiently waiting uh, for Sean you to get back uh, here. If you feel good about the work that you've done, uh, you go home and you have dinner at 6, that's true. what I'll be doing. <laughs> I will also be doing that. <laughs> well, Phil, you mentioned that, you know, the roster is fluid at this point in time. Over the next couple of days here, as the team starts to establish their practice squad, do you guys, who do you guys imagine that they maybe bring back? Phil, tell us all 16. <laughs> I don't know about all 16, but, uh, you know, I think that they'll definitely bring back a quarterback. You know, yeah. it feels like they were good. They were happy with Ben DiNucci, but mm -hmm. uh, it was made very clear about how that third uh, quarterback on game day, how that would work. That that quarterback has to fill one of your 53 active roster spots. Right. And then only then can you bring them up on game day to be a third quarterback. And that doesn't count against your active jerseys on game day. Mm -hmm. So, a little bit confusing there, but uh, a lot of people thought you just got a free player if it was a quarterback. Not necessarily no. the case, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I think a Ben DiNucci uh, is in line to come back. I know that they are happy with a lot of their young secondary players. I can see some of those guys coming back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we'll be uh, paying attention to what they do at wide receiver because if you just look at the numbers there, it suggests that maybe they'll be doing something whether or not that's back on the practice squad, it's on the active roster. So uh definitely seems like a fluid situation. Yeah, and I think, you know, the Broncos did have more guys out at practice today than yeah. there are active roster spots. So you mm -hmm. look at some of those guys and, and you wonder, you know, does a Tomasi Laulile come back? Does a Michael Bandy come back? Uh, some of those sorts of guys who were around. Late um, in the process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are they guys who maybe end up on the practice squad? But Again, you're going to look at your own guys because they know the system and it's easier to get them up to speed. For sure. You'll evaluate some guys on other teams who have been waived 
Um, but you know, I think typically fans might think, oh, you can go out and get, get I'm excited <laughs> about this. You can go out and get, get whoever you want. Right. But it's easier a lot of the times to keep your own guys that know the system. And so more yeah, often than not, you, you find a practice squad, it's 10 or 12 of the guys, maybe more, mm-hmm. are guys who are with you all offseason. And mm-hmm. what, the Broncos are fifth in the waiver claim, right? right. So uh, they should be able to get uh, at least the one or two good players out there uh, just being fifth in line. Definitely, yep. Well, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days here. Guys, appreciate you joining the show. You got it, Sid. Thanks, Sid. Well, that'll do it for today's episode of Broncos Now, Broncos Country. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll be right back here on the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube tomorrow for another episode. I'll see you all then.